Hello everyone and welcome back to 28 Days Later. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, joined finally, it has been too long, by your favorite host, Hannah. <laughs> yes, it's true. The man, the myth, the legend has returned. Hannah, why don't you tell the people uh, why we've been missing you these last couple of weeks? Um, well, I started my new grad school program um, and a couple of other big life <laughs> changes um, have been happening. Um, so I've been sort of in a cave of school and stress and change um, and COVID and all that. So. I'm kind of returning from uh, from some dark times, but I'm I'm back and I'm feeling good. <laughs> nice. Well, I know that listeners are very excited to hear your voice again. We had some great guests filling in while you were gone, but it's not the same when you're not here with us. Um, so we're gonna do. It's a shorter episode we're doing today. Um, as Hannah mentioned, she started a new school prog- uh, pro- project program. Uh, getting her master's degree. And so uh, we are working on trying to adjust to her new schedule, which is a lot busier. Um, And so this episode is going to be on the shorter side. We are going to aim to get back onto a regular schedule pretty quickly. But just if y'all can bear with us while we figure that out, that would be great. Um, Before we get into our topic for this week, Hannah, I, I had to tell you, now we talked about this a little bit up top. So for those of you listening at home, be a peek behind the curtains. Hannah does know some of this already. But um, I, I wanted to tell the listeners a story. So when I was living in Chicago before you lived there, um, when my partner was in grad school in, at University of Chicago, um, you came out to visit us in the freezing, freezing Chicago winter. <laughs> and we had decided with a group of friends to do a donut crawl. Um we had we have a friend who was super into donuts, and she I think one of the local uh, independent magazines had put out like different routes to do a donut crawl. So she sort of like made an amalgamation of these routes, and there were probably ten or so of us. And I want to say that we had I want to say her list had like ten plus donut places on it. <laughs> and Hannah and I tell the story all the time because. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, what's a donut crawl? It's the same as when people do a bar crawl, only it's with donuts and typically in the morning um, as like a brunch type activity. (laughs) And at this point, I had not yet in my life been on a bar crawl, but I I always joke that I felt like the experience of a donut crawl is what I would expect a bar crawl to be like, where like we all get to the first place. We wait in line. We're so hyped. Everyone buys like three donuts and is eating their donuts with glee and just so excited. We get to the next place. Everyone's like, okay, now we got to pace ourselves. We went a little hard at the first place. So everyone's like splitting donuts and whatnot. We get to the third donut place and half of us didn't even order donuts. (laughs) And everyone was just like uh, full and a little bit nauseous and was like, I need to go home and lay down. (laughs) Yeah, I was like by the by like the third or fourth place, we were all kind of like getting weirdly emotional and like feeling really full. (laughs) Yeah, it's so strange because, again, it was really like doing a bar crawl where we had these sort of like disparate groups of friends who like knew each other 
to different degrees. There were varying degrees of intimacy, I would say, within the group. And I feel like yeah. it was a real bonding experience to go through this together. <laughs> um, so, and relevant to our podcast, I think, now Hannah can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the last place we stopped, where the third donut place where everyone's like, okay, that was enough, had a Bloody Mary bar. Um, and so a lot of people did the Bloody Mary bar instead of donuts. I didn't do either because I didn't drink Bloody Marys at the time. And I think about that now and I'm just like, man, that would have been such a nice way to cap off the experience would have been to have a Bloody Mary. But alas, I was ignorant at the time to their yeah, deliciousness. Yeah, I wasn't even old enough yet. Oh, yeah, then. you weren't old enough to drink. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so funny. I forgot. Also, my favorite story uh, from that experience was, like, my real big city experience of getting a donut, um, I think from Stan's Donuts, and having a pigeon, <laughs> like, steal it out of, I had, like, one glorious bite of lemon pistachio uh, donut left and a pigeon came and took it out of my hand <laughs> and I was just like floored I was like what <laughs> Hannah's <laughs> first trip to the big city <laughs> yeah exactly I was like oh my god these big city birds well I mean no wonder you take it so personally now when one of the boys you nanny is just absolutely uh, enamored with pigeons no wonder you're just like no <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, they're not that, they're not that special, okay? Like, who cares about pigeons? They're donut stealers. They're gonna steal your donuts, man. Also, let me just toss this into un, like unrelated but kind of related. <laughs> so, really getting back to it. Um, like, I went on a bar crawl two Halloweens ago, as well, and um, I got a a duo of men who were dressed as Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes from White Men Can't Jump asking me if they could buy me a drink. And I was like, yeah, if it's a table keg. (laughs) And they literally bought me a table keg. That's amazing. And it was, it was great. I was like, oh, these two dudes are trying to buy me a drink. Like, Give me a table keg. And then they fucking did. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Um, that's just, that is phenomenal. I, I want to take this moment to say and have it recorded for history on this podcast that uh, no man has ever offered to buy me a drink <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> what? So, uh, that cannot I, be true. That's absolutely true. It's literally never happened to me. What? Yeah, man. How did you not know this about me? Wait, I feel like I've been with you and had people buy drinks. That has not happened. What? What? It all goes back to uh, Hannah's favorite story that I will never let her live down, where we were (laughs) seeing Hobbs and Shaw in Chicago. And like, we, (laughs) we were with a big group of friends. We had gone to a very boozy brunch beforehand, so everybody was a little intoxicated and then we were seeing it at the Roosevelt Collection Theater uh, on, on the, like, in the South Loop in Chicago. And if you buy, it's not a dine-in theater, um, but they were, before dine-in theaters became as popular as they are now, 
this theater has like a VIP section that has recliners. It's in the back. It's sort of like the back section of the, the of each theater has recliner seats. And outside of that part of the theater, there's a bar and you can order food and stuff and you can bring it into your seat, but there's not like, uh, they're not, there aren't waiters that are going to bring you things. So we all bought a round, uh, Hannah and my partner and I bought a round of drinks, uh, and Jeremy bought them the first time. And then we were like, oh, we'll just take turns buying a round. So he bought them before the movie. Hannah bought the second round. So like partway through the movie, she gets up, she orders three drinks. Hannah comes back in with like one of the bartenders from the bar is like helping her carry her drinks in. And she thanks him and he leaves. And then Hannah's like, oh my gosh, these guys were, these like staff guys were arguing over who got to help me carry my drink back. Now, I will say in Hannah's defense and perhaps in defense of these gentlemen, although I'm really only giving this to you, Hannah, because I know it's meaningful to you. Hannah feels very confident that the re- the reason for what I'm about to tell you is that these guys knew that I was with Jeremy and were being respectful and were going to hit on me. But when I went to buy a round of drinks, <laughs> I bought a round of drinks and also some food. And then they were basically like, all right, you got this. So I had to make like three different trips into the theater to carry all my food because nobody offered. There was, and I cannot stress enough that like this bar is completely empty during the movie because it just serves one theater. So there were like three staff members there and I was the only customer. Like someone could have helped. It's fine. I'm not mad about it, but I like always give Hannah shit about it. Every time you had to go back and get more stuff and bring it back in, it was just like... Twisting the, twisting the knife. <laughs> and here's the thing. I, I truly feel like there was a moment for me, because this was last summer, right? So it was like right before I turned 30. And like, mm-hmm. I'm sure like, and like, yes, of course, there was a moment where I was like, this really hurts my feelings that like, they don't think I'm pretty enough to want to help me carry my stuff. But in reality, like, I know I bring the story up all the time. I like am not sad or mad about it. It is just so fucking funny to me <laughs> that these guys were like tripping over themselves to help yeah. Hannah. And then when it was my turn, they were like, you look like a woman who can carry a lot of things. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Especially because um, you also didn't mention that the guy who did, there was three guys who were arguing over uh-huh. who was going to help me carry my stuff. And the guy who ended up being the one who helped me, he was on a break. (laughs) Yeah, he gave up his break to help Hannah carry her drinks. Like, he (laughs) fought for the right to give up his break to help (laughs) Hannah. (laughs) It's just like, it's one of those things where if that happened in a movie, people would be like, oh, come on. But, uh, you know, we lived it. So I can tell you that sometimes that shit happens. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so anyway, are you ready to talk about our uh, film for the week? I am. So this week we are doing a short. We're just doing one short because, uh, like I said, it's probably going to be a shorter episode than we usually release. I want to give a shout out to our very good friend, Laura, who recommended this short to us because I didn't know that this short existed and Hannah correct me if I'm wrong but I don't don't think you did either we were unaware that this was out there yeah absolutely I had no idea um Uh, so our very fun yeah so our very good friend Laura um 
recommended. The short is called Outside. It is uh, available on YouTube for free. And it was written and directed by our uh, dear, beloved, uh, I don't know, star who we adore, Amy Acker, who was a series regular on Angel um, and appears in many, many, many Joss Whedon properties. He's a favorite of Joss Whedon's. She's a favorite of Joss Whedon's. Um, So Laura heard about it. I wanted to... um, plug this. I didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast, but I will, um, I will share it in the show notes. So Laura heard about the, the movie when Amy Acker was being interviewed on a podcast called nerd appropriate. Um, and she talked about making this, but basically she and her husband, who's also an actor, they wrote and performed and filmed this short in their home filmed entirely on an iPhone um, during the pandemic. So the premise of the film is that it is a couple in their house somewhere in the Hollywood Hills and they keep talking about how they can't, it's very clear that they can't go outside. They're not talking explicitly about why they can't go outside. So I think in the beginning, maybe you're supposing that this is like very directly tied to COVID. And then as it goes on, there are things like tornado sirens and they're like going to hide in shelter. Um, and so it becomes clear that it's not a direct sort of one-to-one to our current situation. And as this situation progresses, uh, Amy Acker's character sort of becomes concerned that perhaps her husband is not being truthful with her about what's going on because he's the only one who's allowed to leave the house. He won't let her leave. Um, Allowed to leave the house. He won't let her leave. Um, And she begins her on purpose. And that's sort of the, the overall gist of the short Um, because this is a short film. We're definitely going to spoil it. So um, I would recommend if you want to view it before we talk about it, you can find it, like I said, on YouTube. Otherwise, stick around. And then I think we'll probably both recommend that you watch it anyway. So Hannah, what did you think of Outside? Um, yeah, I liked it. It was really, um, it was really interesting to me on a couple different levels, just because it was just kind of cool to see what someone, what a couple had done Mm -hmm. with their time, um, in, seclusion um and the way that they used what's going on in reality to form this like sort of surreal version of quarantine um and um also just the whole time I was like god they have such a nice house Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I like when even like their dishwasher and their drawers. I was like, whoa, those are rich people. <laughs> yeah, it is a, and it feels like everything about their house, including the de- the decor, is like it feels very LA. It's like, and yeah. I have never even been to LA. I just feel like I have seen enough movies set in the Hollywood Hills that like the vibe feels very particular, and I was just sort of like in awe of. Like, everything is, all the walls are white. Everything is white, super minimalist, like, really interesting. Even, like, to the point where she was, at one point, looking for her phone, and she reaches reaches on her bedside table, and her bedside table has 
like a white one of those chargers that you just put your put your phone on top of and it charges mm-hmm. your phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and also I don't know if you had seen. Um, I'm trying to remember what Shakespeare it was. I think it was Much Ado About Nothing. Um, yes. Yeah, I have not seen it, but I know was, what you're talking it, about. That was also film. That's another. Uh, uh, Joss Whedon movie um, that was filmed in that in their house. Mm-hmm. So I had seen their house before in that, but that's all black and white and everything. So it was also kind of cool to see um, the same setting in a different way, um, and just to see like, oh wow, they really live there. They just like used their house to make this other movie, like. To just be able to have uh, friends and family that are in the movie industry and just, mm-hmm. like, decide to make a movie whenever you want is, like, a dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's neat. Um, I will share the, we got the link for the short from a sci-fi channel article about the short. And Amy Acker sort of talks about the fact that they, especially because they are people who work in the Hollywood industry, they have friends who are video editors or composers that were able to sort of help them tie things together. Um, as far as like, there is a score, it's pretty minimalist, but there is a score going on. Um, and you can tell that this was sort of obviously directed by them because there's not anyone else with them in the house to direct shots. But the way it's edited is also clearly done by someone who knows what they're doing. Um, And uh, so Hannah, I don't know, you weren't on the last episode we had. I don't know if you had had a chance to listen, but we talked about Host, which was uh, or is a film that's available on Shudder that was all done on Zoom during quarantine. Um, And one of the things that Cece and I talked about uh, with that movie is that all of these... uh, actors had to do their own stunts and we had that here again where we had some um some pretty interesting stunt work that it's clear they're just sort of doing in their own home um i have to imagine that they probably both have some stunt experience from their previous acting um but there's like a segment where her husband falls down the stairs and they have like it's like a spiral staircase and you knew at some point somebody was going to fall down the stairs because they kept going up and down the stairs and it was making me so nervous. And uh, I thought it was pretty well done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was um, their whole like altercate, their whole altercation that gets kind of that gets physical at the end. Um, you know, you can tell that they are professionals and that they have experience, especially Amy Aker, Acker, Aker, whatever. Having been on um, Angel, mm-hmm. like, there's, she's got to have some kind of combat training. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was, all of that was really good, especially to me, like, I find it so, like, as I'm thinking about it now, like, the movie wasn't necessarily exceptional to me, or, like, especially, um, like transformative or yeah, I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. But 
I just loved the experience of watching something that that a couple had come together and made together with their time in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm losing my train of thought because I can hear that my roommate is is watching Midsummer. Oh no. <laughs> That's amazing. What like I, you can hear screaming. it? So what part is it? I can hear the women all screaming. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is really funny. Oh, man, um, absolutely, like I lost my complete <laughs> thought. I was just like, "What is happening?" I mean, um, just I'm gonna put a pin in this right now and say that the next episode we record is gonna have to start with you telling us uh, what your roommate thought of this movie. <laughs> It's weird because um, this is my roommate Garrison, who, by the way, um, has expressed to me many times that he wants to be on this podcast because he's a huge horror fan and he's like, "We would love to have him never on the pod." Him. And um, <laughs> he's so I saw Midsummer with him in the theater, so I know he's seen it before. <laughs> That's amazing. He's so just I like, know. "This is the time we have to. I have to rewatch it right now." Yeah, like we. Um, I was telling you before we started that Garrison and I um, were hanging out last night and we slept on our roof of our building um, because it was a really nice night. So it's just really funny to me that like we woke up at like 7 a.m. on the roof and came inside and then I went back to sleep for a little while and I guess he went into the living room and decided it was a great time to watch midsummer by himself <laughs> yeah I, I i really want to stress for everyone that's listening that we are recording this at like noon on a sunday so it's a it's a weird time to be it's like really now funny, is the moment to watch this movie it's a really funny time yeah to be like oh you know what i really want to do with my sunday afternoon on a beautiful chicago summer day is watch midsummer by myself <laughs> in the living room that's hilarious. Well, you were saying, Hannah, that you just really enjoyed getting to see this thing that a couple put together um, during quarantine. And I would say, now I I qualify this knowing that you really don't do ghosts. Um, but uh, like I said, Cece and I covered Host on our last episode, which I thought... I'm with you that I really enjoyed Outside and it was fun to watch. I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much if it wasn't Amy Acker. um, Because I feel like I just already have so much goodwill for her and get excited whenever I see her in anything that that definitely helped. Um, I would say that Host is a film that like really and truly like stands on its own as just being really impressive like they also do their own stunts and practical effects and without giving anything away they are much more extreme uh, than than in this movie so i would recommend that the the other thing that i'm intrigued to check out although i suspect they will also be things that you aren't super into did you ever watch there was a YouTube short that went viral several years ago called Lights Out. And then it became a horror movie after that. No, you told me about it um, in great detail, but I couldn't watch it because yeah. ghosts. Yeah, totally fair. <laughs> um, so uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it, I will also link to that in our uh, show notes. It is a super effective, I think, really scary horror short um, that manages to like create a really scary monster um and build tension really well and just have some like really striking visuals they eventually made it into a feature-length film which i thought was uh 
maybe a little bit less effective, though also still creepy. Like I remember finding it creepy in the moment. I it didn't like stick with me after that, but it was a creepy thing to watch in a theater. Um, but that the people who made that are a husband and wife, I believe. And they have apparently made two horror shorts during quarantine, which I didn't know about uh, the sci-fi article that I read for this episode mentioned that that couple has made two more horror shorts, shorts during quarantine. So I'm super excited to check those out um, because if there are anything like lights out, which like still scares the crap out of me, like Jeremy and I went through a phase where we would just like watch that like once a month because we'd be like, we got to watch that again. It was so good. <laughs> um I so, love yeah. the idea, too, that, like, people just be using their quarantine time to make horror shorts. Like, right? I just love that. Like, some people are, like, learning to make sourdough starters, and some people are making horror, and that makes me very happy. Yeah. It also makes me so jealous because I, my friend, um, my friend's family has a lake house in Michigan, that I've been to a few times. And the first time I ever went there, I was like, this, it's a very, like, the house has a crazy cool layout. Because um, mm-hmm. it's, like, very 70s. And it was built by an architect in the 70s who designed it for himself. And he was a nudist. Um, wow. So, like, half of the house is just windows out onto the lake. Because he wanted to be able to, like, be naked. Um and, like, be in nature, but not, you know, get arrested or anything. Um, but it's a, just a really cool layout. And every time I go to that house, I've always been, like, I want to make a horror movie here because it's just so well laid out for that. And it's been, like, a dream of mine since I went there for the first time, like, three or four years ago. So I am, like, Ugh, if I had more time, I wish I could make a horror short in that house for my quarantine project. Right. But right. Instead, there's still time to get a master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you can always work on your horror film over like summer break next year or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, we talked kind of earlier about the fact that especially in the beginning, it's sort of vague what the threat outside is. Um, and so there were parts of this that uh, hit really close to home for me that that I think would for probably everyone, right? Like, um, there's this whole bit where they they have a huge wall of jasmine outside their house, and they can't in this universe they can't she can't go outside, and he won't let her like open any windows or anything, so she can't smell the jasmine and. Um, I've definitely had a lot of conversations. Um, I've definitely had a lot of conversations with for granted uh, that we can't do right now or can't experience right now. Um, and then there was a right after that when she really wants to go smell the jasmine, and he's like, "You can smell it next year." And uh, we uh, socially distanced and saw some friends. Uh, last weekend and we kept you know they have not none of them have been able to come to Kansas City to visit us obviously because of COVID um and we all kept talking about like well whenever you're able to visit we we would love here's all the stuff we would love to do with you and Jeremy and I have kind of taken to calling that the after times it's like oh yeah and the after times (laughs) we can do like xyz and um 
there was something about the way that he was just like, oh, like you can do it next year that felt so uh, real where it's this like, I think we're all in the space right now where uh, I think we are. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I think we're a lot of us are in this place where we don't know when this is going to end. And I think a lot of us were hoping that things would be closer to over by now. And so even the fact of him saying next year and not just like when this is over is like feels like this like really this blind optimism that is both kind of like charming and also really sad. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Where it's kind of like he it's like his intentions are good because he's trying to calm her and give and give her some hope. Um, But at the same time, like, I think with her experience, it's like it's doing the opposite because he's saying next year. But since there's no guarantee of that, she's just kind of like becoming uh, like like uh, she can't trust him and what he's saying. Mm hmm. Um, and I also just think, like, um, for me, it's hard not to draw some parallels to, like, um, not to, I don't want to get, like, super into it, but, like, um, having gone through a breakup during COVID, like, I, watching this movie, I'm also, like, relating on that level of it's, like, you know, you're only with one person and you're spending all your time with one person and all of a sudden you're like, like the way that the, the, the kind of like sweetness between them soured as it, as it went mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, ugh, <laughs> so <Yeah>. real. <laughs> and yeah, like, definitely. And, uh, and also with her and whenever she would see her neighbor out the window and be like, go inside, go inside. I was like, oh, that's like everybody watching movies now when people like touch each other in movies uh-huh. or like strangers <laughs> exchange body fluids. And you're like, no, don't do it. A hundred percent. I I, <laughs> I feel the same way. Jeremy and I always laugh when we. I think it was way worse at the beginning of quarantine where we would watch something and people would like touch the table and then put their hand on their face or something. And it was like, no. Yeah. Um, so oh, like, I definitely Bleh. felt that. <laughs> so, so spoiler for the end of this short, but it takes a turn where she thinks her partner is gaslighting her because she saw her neighbor. He was telling her that like women are more at risk than men from whatever this Uh, threat is that we still don't know but while he's gone getting supplies she sees their neighbor who's a woman outside and then the sirens go off and she's worried she thinks the woman died but then she sees the woman again in her home in her own home the next day and so then she starts thinking that her husband is lying to her and then he takes her phone away and then the next morning her phone is smashed and he tells her that they had to destroy all their technology in order to stay safe, but he got that message like overnight while she was sleeping. And so he can't prove to her that that's true. And so she sort of panics um, and it sort of set up like he's been gaslighting her this whole time. Uh, But then at the end of the video, after they have a physical altercation, uh, she gets out of the house 
and a huge black cloud of smoke comes out of the sky and basically like disintegrates her. Yeah. Um, and all of her, I thought that effect was, I mean, obviously their effects budget was small, but like the, even though the effects weren't super good, the concept of the visual where like, it's not that the cloud comes down and she disappears. It's also not that there's like vague dust. There's like swirls of, it just looks like skin and guts. It's like really visceral and gross looking kind of like come apart in the smoke and fly up into the sky. Yeah. And it's, it's not like he's just watching his wife, like there's smoke and then she disappears. It's like, he's Mm -hmm. watching her be like pulled apart by the smoke. Right. Right. Oh, I was, uh, like you said, like, I think, um, for me, the enjoyment of this came a lot more from kind of understanding the process by which it was made during this time where everyone's sort of stuck inside and the kind of things that they are expressing about how we're feeling during quarantine. Uh, but I did find this ending interesting because I was definitely like, he's gaslighting her. And there's something about the second she goes outside where you're like, oh no, something bad's going to happen. He was right. <laughs> oh, really? I, I'm so su- surprised that you thought that because I... I like the whole time I was like, I could see how you, I could see how she wants us to think that, but because Mm -hmm. of the siren going off. Right. I was like, how could he be faking that? Well, it's obvious that something is going on, but I think the vibe I got was that there is something going on and he's using that. Like Uh. it, it did feel like some of the information he was telling her was sketchy at best like the thing the thing with him having to like smash her phone while she was sleeping uh and then be like oh but it's because i got information overnight that we had to do that like so i think it was less or i should say the way i read it was that not that she thought everything was fine and normal outside but that maybe she thought that like he was overblowing it or like that the gendered part of it wasn't real or something Um, and of course, like, as soon as she goes outside, whatever the thing is, the smoke comes and gets her, and then the siren starts going off. And then the siren goes off again, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which I also thought was really cool. It's like, because they keep saying, they don't really, they don't really say too much throughout what the siren means exactly, but they do sort of hint that it is giving away, gives some indication of another person dying or another person being taken yeah, um, like, something is, right? And every time they hear the siren go off, they go hide, like, in a closet in the yeah. basement, very much like if it were a tornado and you had to, like, seek shelter. Yeah. So as soon as she gets taken by this, like, smoke monster, and then this, then we hear the siren, like, immediately, then you're like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Like, every time that siren was going off throughout the whole rest of this, is like, that was one more person. Which is also the- an interesting idea of, like, if could you imagine if in our real world situation like if every time that covid was claiming another person in your area if there was a siren going off like that would I was about to ask the same thing I didn't think of that until you were expressing that but I think there is there does seem to be so much of there seems to be so much willingness among the population as a whole, this is a generalization, of course, but I think there seems to be a willingness or maybe a need is a, is a better way to describe it to like 
not acknowledge the humanity of people who are dying of COVID because mm-hmm. to do so would mean like sitting with the weight of your choices to like not wear a mask or go do things that are not safe and things like that. Um, and I do kind of wonder if it would be different if instead of just like having a, a number that's like this many people in your like county or your city or your country have died, if instead there was something like a siren or or even just like on the news in your area yeah. being like these are the faces of people who have died from COVID today. Like, I watched this at a point where, so uh, as we set up top, like Hannah has started a graduate program. It is online for the time being. Um, yes. My partner is in his second year of his PhD, which started this week, and he goes to uh, Mizzou, the University of Missouri. Um, and people who follow the news may or may not know that Mizzou has been making national news for how poorly they seem to be handling COVID. Um, They are requiring everyone to come back in person. Um, They are trying to take some measures, although it seems like a lot of, I mean, it's clear that those aren't working. And so Monday was the first day of classes. And on Monday, they already had 159 positive cases on campus um they are not releasing numbers daily they're only doing it weekly which is just like not adequate um and so people have been relying on the numbers for the overall county because columbia missouri where mizzou is located is very much a place that like the population gets massively bigger um especially in that age range when college is back in in uh in session and so like the cases from in 18 to 25 year olds in Boone County has like skyrocketed in the last week as has the percentage of people who are getting tested testing positive mm-hmm. um and it's just been like really hard and scary and infuriating for me and for my partner um obviously and so i'm with you like i wonder if there is a way Like, I wonder if there's a way to make people care. Like, I wish we didn't have to say that, but I wish there was a way to make people understand that, like, 170,000 deaths is not just a number. That, like, every single one of those people had a family. Yeah, well, and if it was, like, a siren like it is in this movie, it's, like, you would have to stop what you're doing every single time. Like, because it's also so many people. Yeah. It would be, like, constant. Yep. And I... I mean, I'm just like, ugh. Do if we did something like that, would you wear your goddamn mask? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we should say, we should say, sort of along those lines, that like we watched this in a week where like a person that we know and love very much lost someone to COVID um, pretty suddenly, and so I think like that that is just like a, like you said, a good reminder that I think we are we are at a point as a country where like we are experiencing two really major uh, sort of like moral reckonings and they're not, they are, they are in a lot of ways being like blown off as being political. And at the end of the day, like you need, we just need to 
care about each other. Like Jeremy and I, this is so silly, but Jeremy and I went to see Bill and Ted face the music yesterday. And you know, like one of the lines from Bill and Ted, one of the classic lines is be excellent to each other. Um, and it's just like, yeah, like I would settle for just don't be terrible at this point. Like <laughs> that's, that's what we need. So, so yeah, this, uh, look at us, our like little short episode ended up still, uh, hitting, hitting real hard. Um, Hannah, out of five Bloody Marys, how many Bloody Marys would you give to the short film Outside? I think I would give the movie uh, three and a half Bloody Marys. Um, like, just because... Like I al- I'm almost tempted to give it a four just because I enjoyed the experience so much. Um, and I was really impressed with what they did with what they had. Um, mm-hmm. But because our system is so very uh, serious and scientific, I don't want to, <laughs> like, affect future or previous ratings. Um, so I'm going to land on three and a half Bloody Marys. Perfect. Maybe um, with a little sprig of jasmine in there. I was going to say that. Very nice. So <laughs> um, I'm going to shock Hannah and give outside three Bloody Marys. Um I think I echo everything you said. Like, I really enjoyed watching this. I do want to be aware of the fact and re- and reminding myself as I grade it that I probably would have graded it differently if the, ca- the cast were different, and that's mm-hmm. important. And the other thing is, I think because I just watched Host and watched it twice, mm-hmm. um, like... And it's not fair, right? Because that that's it's not quite a feature length. It's like 50 minutes. Um, but like that is that did that was able to during a time of COVID do stuff that like completely blew my mind where I was like, I don't understand how they did that at home, <laughs> like by themselves. Yeah, um, because in a lot of those situations, it's like people like people in their 20s in apartments by themselves who had who were like are all on zoom together but they had to do all the stuff in their apartment by themselves in their apartment which is crazy um so yeah i'm gonna go with three bloody marys um and i was gonna do jasmine but you did jasmine so i feel like i need to do something different and so in and so in honor of uh, as fred on Angel, uh, we'll have like a little, we'll have like a little uh, uh, shot of of like real blood with the Bloody Mary in case like Angel wants to join you for a for a brunch cocktail. I was gonna say you should do a, a Bloody Mary with mezcal to give it some real smoky flavor. <laughs> oh, Hannah, that would be so good too. Ah! <laughs> All right, you guys, Hannah, it, like she was she was gone for a couple weeks, but she's really bringing her A game this I'm week. Back. um so since we know that uh it's a stressful time it continues to be a stressful time but i think a lot of people are in situations where they are facing going back to work or going back to school or sending their kids back to school or trying to grapple with another year of teaching their kids from home so instead of uh 
a direct piece of news for in later news. Hannah and I just both wanted to talk about something we've personally been doing for self-care during this time because we think that's, you know, that's something that's really important. Um, and I think this this movie demonstrates why it's important to to sort of take good care of your mental health while you are uh, being isolated. So Hannah, what would you like to talk about? Um, well, I was thinking about this while we were going through the episode and trying to think what I was going to say. Um, and I think for me, um, like the last few weeks have been a lot. I've got, I had a lot going on and, Mm -hmm. um, just in my life and big changes and including like changing, uh, what medications I'm taking. Um, and that really kind of, you know, just being a whole process, Um, And for me, a part of my self-care was having to say to you, I can't do podcasts right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And being like, I need to just take a second and like take a break and take care of me and just spend some time with me. Um, And that was really helpful. And I think it's part of why I'm able to, you know, be be back and be talking to you and be feeling um, like I'm kind of coming out of a funk or coming out the other side of a tunnel. And um, I think the big thing I've been getting into this week is, um, I guess, two things. Number one, I'm getting into doing my nails. Um, Nice. I'm doing fake nails, and I'm learning how to do it um, more legit so that they won't just, like, pop off all the time. And I also started doing fake oh hear me out toenails <laughs> okay all right i'm here for this so um i've got some fake toenails on right now and i've been um perfecting them because i i have had some issues with those just popping off which is quite disturbing for people around <laughs> me um so i'm working on that but i'm getting into doing my nails and um getting more like focused on how to do them more professional looking and also a little bit of I'm dipping my toes into the world of stick and poke tattoos. Um, yeah, I cannot wait for you to give me a stick and poke tattoo. Yeah. Once I figure out I wanna, what I would want. I want I I've been hearing that from a few people and I'm like, "Oh god, I really got to perfect my technique before." I mean, <laughs> take your time. Feel free to Use your self-care strategy and just tell people no until you're, you feel yeah, like you're ready. I'm ready, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been, that's been fun, and I'm excited to, like, learn more about it and, and similar to the nails, get a little more profesh with it. So those are, mm-hmm. my, those are my two. Those are great. Um, those are super great. And I, what I really like about uh, especially your first pick is I think for a lot of people, so self-care I feel like has really become like a buzzword in the last, I don't know, five years or so. And a lot of times I think when people think of self-care, they think of like uh, Tom and Donna on Parks and Rec being like, treat yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, that is part of it. But also sometimes self-care is doing the stuff that's like less fun and glamorous. Um which is what I'm going to touch on. And I think you touched on in just being like, sometimes self-care is saying like, nope, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first thing is that uh, I am someone who, despite I think the very best efforts of both of our parents, like never really learned uh, financial literacy in a way that was where I would be proficient in managing my own money as an adult, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. um, I think that, 
like both of our parents. And I think the thing that comes to mind is like our dad got us these uh, piggy banks that were separated. And whenever we got an allowance, dad was like, some of it has to go in savings. Some of it gets donated and some of it you can keep, but you have to put money in all three sections and if it's in savings, you can't, like, take it out because your other section is empty. Like, that's what it's, you know, it's for saving. Um, and that was a really wonderful tool. But I think, like, as I became an adult who, like, gets an income and has a car loan and car insurance and student loans and all these other things, it be- it becomes a lot more complicated, obviously. Um And so one of the things I've been doing the last several months, but I've really been doing it in earnest, I would say the last couple weeks, is just trying to become more financially literate. And so I got got a subscription to You Need a Budget, which is a, a software that you can do on your computer or on your phone that sort of allows you, their whole thing is that you give every dollar a job. So you don't say like, I need this much money for rent and so everything else is for whatever I want the idea is like whenever you get paid you say this goes to rent I'm gonna budget this much for groceries I'm gonna budget this much for fun um and if you overspend in one category you can move it from somewhere else but the idea is that like if you give every dollar a job up front there's less vagueness around like I have this like chunk of money that I can do whatever I want with which is never of course what how it really works um Mm -hmm. So that's been really helpful. And they um, they do a podcast that are like the episodes are like usually less than 10 minutes long, sort of giving you like small strategies you can do. So I've started listening to that every morning. Like first thing when I wake up while I'm getting ready, I'll just like listen to one and try to think about how I can implement whatever they're talking about. Um, and that's just been really helpful because, um, you know, it, it's been a lot to sort of manage and I was a part of a conference for women in public defense a couple weeks ago. And one of the presentations was about um, the genderedness of finances and how, like, according to a lot of gender dynamics, it's the husband's job to, like, handle the money and understand the money and pay the bills and yada yada. And a lot of women... Uh, for better or worse, like don't really get taught how to handle those things. And so I've been sort of, instead of treating it like a chore that was stressful, I've been trying to treat it as a thing that's like really empowering. And that's been really um, awesome for me. And I've still had points where I kind of slip up and, and uh, have to sort of like be thoughtful about how I'm going to get back out of whatever I backed myself into, but it's been really good. Um, I think it's the first time in my life where, I'm coming at money feeling like I'm in control instead of always feeling like I'm behind the eight ball, Um, which is a really nice feeling because like substantively the amount of like debt that I have and my income haven't changed, but I feel really different now about my relationship to those bills. And that's a really cool feeling. Um, The other thing I'm going to say is related to uh, a thing I talked about a couple weeks ago on the show, which is that I had mentioned that um, I had gained some weight during COVID and I bought some shorts that were bigger and that that had been a really positive thing for me. And um, within the last week or so, uh, I was just sort of like, hey, you know what? I have been eating a lot of junk (laughs) since Mm -hmm. COVID started. And I was, and I think like I'm, I'm in a place where I'm not so much stressed about like, I'm not weighing myself. I don't really care what the number is. I also don't super care about 
what I look like, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, I just feel like kind of lethargic. I feel like I'm eating a lot of junky stuff. So I just like don't have a lot of energy. Um, and so this past week when Jeremy was back in Columbia for the first week, I, um, sort of tried to start getting back in the habit of like just eating a lot cleaner. Like typically before, uh, quarantine started, like Jeremy and I cook basically all of our meals and he's vegetarian. So we really only cook veggies and, and it was just like a really overall pretty healthy way to eat. And I feel like since COVID started, I was like, self-care is I'm going to eat whatever I want, which I think was fine in the beginning. But now that it's been a while, it's like self-care right now is not eating anything I want. It's like trying to be a little bit careful. So I don't like give myself a stomach ache or make myself feel crappy. Um, so, so that's been really positive. I think like my self-care right now has been trying to hold myself accountable in like a loving way on some of these things, which has been feeling really good. Nice. So those are some things we would recommend for self-care. Obviously there's all kinds of other things you can do, like read a great book, find a new podcast, start going for walks, uh, rewatch an old show that makes you really happy. But whatever you're doing, please find something that you can do for yourself that can just sort of make you feel good. And especially if it's something that makes you feel like you have some control over something, even if it's small. Because I think a lot of us right now are struggling with how little control we feel like we have. So just remember that you are not in this by yourself and you have agency um, over more things than you think. So keep taking care of you because, you know, we want to have many more fun brunches uh, and we've got lots of fun stuff coming your way. So I think that's it, Hannah. Yeah, I think we, I think we did it. <laughs> Look at us. And it wasn't even that short of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, always pee after sex and take care of yourselves and stay safe and all that jazz. Clink! Clink! <laughs>